Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is our Monday show, which means it's time to talk about news that's going on in Star Wars, Galaxy Far, Far Away. Uh, if you are a writer and you've written anything, you have a really good chance of writing for uh, the Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi series. Uh, so we will get into that in a little bit. Um, joining me, as always, is James and Lacey. Um, how you guys doing? We are... Uh, Living in strange times, but uh, as always, kind of like I said last week, it's nice that we have this because this feels normal and escaping to Star Wars, even if it's talking about Star Wars, is a kind of a, a nice vacation from all the chaos out there in the world. But how you guys, uh, how you guys holding up? How you guys doing? You know, it is funny. There, I, I was watching something where it was like... Uh, they were talking about how all these broadcasters are like, how are we going to do this from home? And it was like, <laughs> podcasters are like, hold my beer, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, We've been doing this forever. Um, mm-hmm. No, it, it, <clears throat> it is. It's kind of funny, too, because I think the world going into this, how do we telecommute is is helping people talk and have this discussion. So a lot of like people who. um I don't know. I don't want to say teach podcasting, but but their whole thing is not podcasting itself, or is not podcasting about a topic, but they podcast about podcasting. They're getting a lot of recognition, and people are looking at them and saying, like, "How do you guys do this?" Um, yeah, you know. Uh, and I've I've found new people to to follow and pay attention to, and like even in the last couple of weeks, it's been like, I don't even know about this website. I don't even know about this program. Like. The, mm-hmm. These are things people are talking about these days on how to make um, kind of what we do, which is this like regular teleconference better. And uh, yeah, so, so, you know, in, in a weird way, it actually kind of like helps the resistance broadcast. Yeah. Lacey? Oh, Lacey. am I going? <laughs> uh, oh, we've well, only I been didn't... doing this for two years, Lacey. You told this just the other week. Uh, well... I was just thinking about how I haven't really like been like you where I'm like, oh, I've learned from so many people. Yeah. I've just learned I'm a really bad friend and I talk to more people now than I did normally because it's like you're stuck in your house. So you're like, oh, I need to talk to all these people I haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. Um, and I also learned that because I wrote uh, summaries of track events in high school, I am now qualified to write a Star Wars show. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we'll get into that in a bit. Um, one thing I will say on top of that, like, I know Lisa, you did like a virtual happy hour with the coworkers and that sort of I thing. Did. I did. I did that with my brother. Like, so me and Kathleen called up my brother and his wife and we were having drinks for an hour or so. And it was kind of like hanging out after a while. You almost forget that you're doing the, the video conference, but like, it's weird that that's the new normal now, but I guess that's how our audiences kind of feels when they're in the base with us. So, um, it's good to be doing this, uh, as always as well. Um, one thing we have to say, we have to acknowledge, um, because of what's been going on in the world and the craziness, like it affects everyone and everywhere not even you know regular people it can affect people in the industry as well and i guess andrew jack who was not a lot of star wars fans know who he is to be honest but he was the dialect coach uh for lord of the rings uh for star wars uh, all the pretty much all the post george lucas era star wars movies uh including the force awakens uh jj i think was the first one to bring him in he did solo he actually voiced Moloch in solo uh and he appeared as uh emlot um I believe that's how you say his name, mm-hmm. uh, in The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. Uh, he passed away from uh, COVID-19. And uh, 76 years old, 
Um, but apparently everyone who had been speaking about him in Star Wars, you know, Boyega, Yonis, uh, uh, everyone has been saying how um, generous he was to them on set. He was the one who had to teach uh, Alden how to speak Shrewook. Uh, and the dialect and how to say the crazy, you know, and that sort of stuff. Uh, so a big impact on Star Wars, uh, even though he's not a marquee name, but rest in peace to uh, Andrew Jack. Could you uh, imagine but, the rumor that was going around when Solo was in production was that Alden needed a coach? Could you imagine if he ends up that he, he was the coach? Yeah, I mean, well, he definitely helped with that. And I know... Uh, he was brought in first for TFA, but that that could have been part of it without a doubt. Um, but do you but, know what I mean? Like they were like, oh, they yeah, got an yeah. acting coach for Alden, but it ends up to be like the guy's just teaching him how to speak. Just, just the tree wook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, could be. I forgot yeah. about that whole story, man. What a, what a kind of a dumb <laughs> thing, you know? It's yeah. like, oh, they, yeah. they hired this guy because he was the best out of like, what was it? Like 500 people they, <laughs> they worked with? 5,000? No, 3,000. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they had like 3,000 people. They picked this guy out the best, and, the, and then they bring in an acting coach because he doesn't know how to act. Like, you really think oh, that's yeah. the story? I'm oh, telling man. you, it could be Crazy. this. Imagine someone that isn't normally on set sees him with this guy, and he's like, oh, who's that? And they're like, oh, it's his blah, blah, blah coach. And he just hears yeah. coach. And then he yeah. leaves the set being like, oh, Alden needed an acting coach, and it wasn't right. an acting coach at all. Just learning how to speak a little Wookiee, that's all. But... Um, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. to uh, Andrew Jack. Um, again, you know, so many people are involved in making Star Wars movies and, and productions and stuff like that. And um, it's just a reminder there. You know, when you hear a story about this guy's contribution, you don't think about it when you look at the movies and that sort of stuff. But he left his mark and uh, he will always have that. So um, but we do have uh, our, our regular show to get into here. And we're going to hop into it right now by sending it to James for the resistance report. James, what is going on this week? It's the resistance. <sighs> this week, this week, this week. What do we got, guys? Um, well, uh, looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, the, the series, the upcoming Disney Plus series, has a new writer. Um, I'm going to let us speculate a little bit on what this guy is doing, but Joby Harold has been brought on um, to fix punch up rewrite uh let's let's get in and talk about it um i think the biggest news coming out of this is everybody saying who what who's this guy what's the story uh what's he worked on we barely know um so john i'm gonna let you go in first on this one because this is kind of um i mean the star wars newsnet article was written by you so let's let's hear what, <laughs> what you were able to pull together on this one because you imagine you were like, Lacey, you didn't write this article. Why don't you go first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I I had to write the news report on it, but I did a little bit of um, subjective writing into it as well, my thoughts with it and that sort of thing, because it is an odd choice. You know, so you had... Um, the situation being the uh, movie got turned into a series and then around the time of that decision, they bring in Hossein Amini, who has a solid track record of writing TV, um, uh, a lot of su successful shows and a good resume. And he got jettisoned in January, right around those rumblings of uh, Kenobi's in trouble and that sort of thing. And now we hear that they're bringing in this guy, uh, Joby Harold, and 
I will not be surprised if he there was a lot of googling going on with the name mm-hmm. Joby Harold because if you probably polled a thousand Star Wars fans and said who is Joby Harold uh, yesterday from when we we're recording this, a thousand would say I have no idea. I was um, gonna say nine hundred and ninety nine. Yeah, right. So. Uh, Variety is saying that uh, according to their sources, multiple sources, uh, though they weren't, they, they didn't get a response from Lucasfilm or Joby Harold's representatives on this. They're saying he's been tapped to take over the writing duties for the series. Um, and, you know, again, this is a situation where when you look back to interviews with Hossein Amini and what his involvement was, he said, well, they had scripts and we have to work it into a TV series. And we're, you know, uh, got the story, pretty much the framework set up, and we need to make it into a, into a series. So if he got fired and they're bringing in this guy, they're in a similar situation. And then you think back to Ewan McGregor saying, oh, the scripts are great. They just want to make him a little better. So I don't think this is a complete wash or a complete rewrite or anything like that. But what makes me scratch my head is that this guy, Joby Harold, with all due respect to him, I don't think anyone would argue the fact that it's a surprising choice Uh, being that his only two writing credits are a Hayden Christensen movie from 2007, where he plays a guy who's having surgery and he has anesthesia awareness, or the Jax Teller King Arthur movie from a few years ago, um, both not exactly The Godfather, uh, being brought in. So for me to think that this is the guy that they picked to bring in for a, a project that cannot be a misfire for Lucasfilm. This is such an important project for Lucasfilm right now when you think about the fact that they have zero movies publicly actively in development. The only other project that's new that's in development is casting Andor, which they already had to bring in another writer, Tony Gilroy, back from Rogue One to, to work on. This cannot be a misfire. So it, it honestly, I'm a very positive Star Wars fan. I can't shed a lot of bright light on this here because this is a strange choice to me that this is the guy you're trusting to fix your scripts for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series when he's never written television. They even make it clear. He's never written television. Why would you bring in a guy who try- has to convert a movie script to a stretch out to episodic TV who's never written television before? I, I that, 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 that blows my mind. It really does. So uh, it makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. So I have a lot more to say on this. I want to get Lacey in on this, but that's my that was my initial take out of the gate, just really scratching my head at the decision uh, it's possible he maybe he knocks it out of the park. You know, no one knew who Irvin Kershner was, and he directed The Empire Strikes Back, and it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Granted, that's directing versus writing, but still, uh, I got to try to give the guy a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. But uh, I, yeah, I'm, it makes me nervous. It, it's a very curious thing. Uh, uh, that's all I got to start anyway. So am I? Am I just going in? Yeah. Apparently, Lacey doesn't know how this works. <laughs> Well, she thought you were going to take it and then say, well, that's a good point, John. That's Actually, you know what, John? That's a great point. Let me double down on that, John. That's a really great point. Right. Now, Lacey, so, okay. So apparently was, I don't know how this goes. So, no, that was um, that was my bad. I, I, uh, I, I like your take, John. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it over to Lacey real quick. <laughs> like a deer in headlights. I was like. Yeah. <laughs> at least we look at least we look better on YouTube yeah. for the people watching. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, they get to look at my dumb face being like... <laughs> anyway, so uh, 
Yeah, John, I agree with you 100%. I, when I got this announcement or saw it come across my feed, I was like, who is that? Which, admittedly, I don't know a lot of writers and stuff right off the bat unless they've done big projects. So, um, like you said, I got to give the benefit of the doubt. But once I got into that Google searching, which a lot of people did, I was like, this guy's literally done nothing. Um, And you can't help but just wonder because there are so many people that they could have gone with, you know, that that have great projects like under their belt that could give some type of life to these scripts. Um, It just makes you kind of wonder, does he know someone? Did he did he win a raffle? Like what? What happened that this? Did he win a raffle? <laughs> like what? What happened that this guy got it? And I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't get a woman writer. Like this could have been a really easy way to get some diverse voices in here. And like you have Deborah Chow who's already directing. Like that would have been killer for me. Um, so I was a little disappointed by that because again, there is it a thing that nobody wants to work on Star Wars, which might be part of it. We've had this conversation before, or is it? that he did something that they really like either way i have no idea i just i'm happy to hear updates about kenobi because as you guys know i'm so excited for this project um i like cried when they finally announced it over the summer last summer so i as long as i keep getting updates about it i'm hopeful that we'll we'll get a great project out of it um it's just kind of a little mind-boggling that they chose this guy a little a little weird mm-hmm what do you think, James? I, so just straight up, I 100% agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, John John laid it out for both of us, Lacey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm totally in that camp. If if there is like a silver lining or a positive way to look at this, I, I keep trying to think of other times where there's been, um, you know, first time people, you know, first time directors or first time, you know, writers or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean... I even remember when we were discussing when some of the uh, Mandalorian directors were announced and stuff, we're like, who are these people? You know, who, mm-hmm. who, who is Deborah Chow? Like you look at her history, you're like, I don't know who this person is, you know, Bryce even, Dallas Howard never directed anything again. Sure. Yeah. I was going to say like, people looked at her and they're like, Oh, good choice. It's like, is it though? I mean, like, <laughs> we all know who she is, but it's like, we definitely don't know. This is like getting Arnold Schwarzenegger to direct. It's like I don't, I don't know if he's ever directed before Does or he... govern. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Maybe that was a bad choice. Um, <laughs> I will uh, do it. Reminds me of Back to the Future where he's like Ronald Reagan. He's like the actor. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <What are you laughs> talking about? <laughs> yeah. Jane Wyman's first lady. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he says, uh, "Who's the vice president?" Jerry Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um. But no, I, I. But I mean, there there is always that. Uh, you never know what's going to happen, and um, it, it's kind of funny too because you look at something like um, Ryan Johnson, for instance. Like, yeah, we we got you're like you're handing episode eight off to someone who's done like two features. You know, it's like is that really the best bet? You know, and uh, sure. I mean, you, there's arguments. Always going to be arguments. I mean, also too, even with Colin Trevorrow too. Like people are like are you really going to hand off the reins to him? But he went from like one movie that did absolutely nothing to his next movie being like top 10 box office of all time, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes there's things that just, um, whatever it is, like the pitch, uh, we loved him. He just, we think he's the right guy for the job. Um, 
I don't know. It's hard to say. This guy, too, another thing, if you look at his notes, he has two things that he's been writers on, right? Two things that have come out. But he has 10 things on his slate, one of which is Mm -hmm. rebooting uh, the Paramount franchise Transformers. So he's tapped to, like, come up with how they're going to reboot that whole thing. And there was... um, Now I'm kind of blanking at the moment. Did I mention that? Which is crazy. It wasn't that long ago, Transformers. 2007 was the first yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, it's not that long. I mean, I think if you look at it as a whole, you could say like, "Hey, we're gonna we think the franchise Transformers franchise he's, is profitable." He's writing, and, but we he's writing the next Zack Snyder movie, James. You're probably thinking that's what you were thinking of. No, it was another. It was oh. another franchise that he's been brought on to like rework. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, you guys talk about it. I'll actually pull it up. I can find it real quick. I, I just think, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi. This is a project, and I wrote this in the article, because this is one of those projects that fans have been really hoping for, pulling for, uh, asking for, kind of like we're doing with the Solo sequel, but for a long time, since they said we're making new Star Wars stuff. It's a coveted character, a treasured character, a well-protected character. Uh, You got Ewan back since day one, and you don't have a lot of other stuff in the mix. They cannot mess this project up. They just absolutely cannot mess this project up. It has to be a hit. If they bomb this project, which is set up on a tee to be a success with fans because they're ready for it, they're wanting it, you got the actor, you got a good director who you already know killed it with two episodes of The Mandalorian, everything's set up for this to be a success. Top of the line, special effects, budget, they'll probably go out the window for. And you bring in this guy as your writer? Like, I don't know. Like I was Googling today. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but Hollywood works in weird ways. And like Lacey brought up, like, who did he know? Like, who does he know? And I literally Googled when I'm writing the article, like I looked up this guy's wife's name. I looked up his name. I Googled that. I Googled them next to Michelle (laughs) Redwan, like the live action VP. Mm -hmm. I looked up to see if there's photos of them together at red carpet events or something. I didn't see anything. It's a it's such a head scratcher to me that it has to be one of those things where like someone had to owe somebody something. They're like, now you got to help out my buddy Joe. What's his name? Joby. Joby. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm forgetting his name right now. Joby Harold, you got to you got to do one for him. So you're gonna give him to Kenobi? Like what about like a new show? Like give him Ahsoka. Give him the Ahsoka series. Let him write that. The Kenobi thing cannot be. A, if they screw this up, it is a complete disaster for Lucasfilm. And I'm not like trying to do like talking head like shock jock stuff here, but this is no joke. Like this is the one thing that you got to get right, especially when the only things you have left going on are Cassian Andor, which is stumbling if we're being honest, and Mando, which is rock solid. There, there's nothing else going on, so it just makes me so nervous that they're gonna botch this. And I don't understand why this guy, out of all the writers in the world, out of all the movie writers, TV writers that are out there, like. Isn't there someone who wrote an episode of Breaking Bad or The Sopranos that wants a job? Mm-hmm. So maybe it is your thing, Lacey. Maybe people are afraid to work on Star Wars. I don't know what it is, but Joby Harold doesn't make me feel good. And I, I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm, I'm positive in the sense that I want Kenobi to be so good and it needs to be good for Star Wars because the last thing we need as podcasters and as fans is Kenobi to be bad and then we got to deal with that backlash it's just like they can't mess this up and i keep repeating myself but they just cannot screw up this kenobi project my my fear 
yeah, my fear right now is that, okay, maybe it's good, but if it's bad, then there's more fuel to the fire of like people that uh, Lucasfilm don't know what they're doing or like, why did, why was this decision made? As soon as this person was announced, everybody was like, what? Like, why, why was that? And now, now that we have the actual show and it's terrible, like you didn't have the foresight to see it. Everybody else did. And that is just, that's, mm-hmm. that's frustrating. Now, if it's a, if it's a runaway hit, then that's good. But just like, just like, um, you know, like when they lost Lord and Miller and they bring in Ron Howard, it's like, we don't really have the leeway right now to take risks. Like we need to do this. We need to make it good. It's kind of stumbling a little bit, but they shouldn't be taking risks right now with unknown writers that they felt like landed the pitch. They should, they should at this point, if they lost their last writer and they need someone, they just, they need to get the person that's going to bring confidence to everybody. And, and then if inevitably it failed, then they're, they're not going to say, well, you know, that at least they brought in like the most expensive or the most well-known writer, you know, (laughs) I don't know. They go ahead, Lacey. Oh, I don't really have anything to add. I was just saying, I completely agree. I have no idea who this guy is. Eight eight live action projects under the new regime. Total. Five movies, three shows. In terms of things that are out, things that are in development. Only two didn't have massive production changes in terms of big players. And that's Mandalorian and The Last Jedi. Everything else... I mean, you could say The Force Awakens, too, but they had Michael Arndt and stuff. But uh, they got rid of Trevorrow. Rogue One had massive problems. Uh, Solo had massive problems. Uh, it's Cassie Andor is, like, stumbling, apparently. It was supposed to start filming last October. And I was reading rewriting through the... Rewriting the pilot. Like, yeah, it's just I was, crazy. I was reading through the art book for The Rise of Skywalker, um, which, by the way, it's very good. You should get it. Um and all the descriptions were about how rushed the production was. Like, it was like, oh, this was happening on this day. And then they quickly did this. And then JJ needed to make this decision now and this and this. And I was very surprised at how often in the book film mentions how quickly the production was turned around to the point that they even list out the time frames. He's like, oh, we had this much time for Force Awakens. They had this much time for The Last Jedi. And then by the time he got the movie, he only had this much time for the rise of Skywalker. And I remember being like, why are we highlighting production problems? But I know it's part of the story, but mm-hmm. it's now, I don't know. It, it, it just feels like it's now the Lucasfilm story. And all it's doing is fueling that Disney star Wars stuff. And, you know, Kathleen Kennedy doesn't know what she's doing. Like that's all that it's helping to like enforce, even if it's not true only because that's all we're hearing. So it's really hard as a fan to be on the side of like, we're rooting for you. We want you to succeed. We want you to do a good job. And then they're like, okay, so here's this guy that's going to write this the show that everybody's been asking for. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, but why him? And they're just like, yeah, he did this like uh, like King Arthur movie. And everyone's like, nobody watched that. <laughs> so it's just a little like, 
oh man, like you could have, like, just give us an honest answer. Is it because no one wants to work on Star Wars? Like, what is hey, it? S- since we are in, in, we're trying to be as positive as possible. I actually did go to the theater to see that King Arthur. And oh, really? I did like it and did buy it when it came out. Oh, nice. All right. That's I, good news. I know that, I know that overall, it was not a well-received movie and it gets a lot of groans. And I even today before I wasn't, I didn't even know this was the case. We were talking about how they're doing another Peter Pan movie from the perspective of Wendy. And me and my wife were talking about some franchises or some like properties that are just like dead. Like every time they try to do it, it doesn't work. And I mentioned King Arthur, even though I liked this one King Arthur, um, I just think every time they try to do it, the audience goes, I don't care. I don't want another <laughs> King Arthur movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but no, I, I did see it. I thought it was kind of cool the way they, they made like, it, it felt like a video game to me because they would like get a sword and then they'd be like super powered and stuff. And I was like, this is, mm-hmm. I, I like this. I think it's cool. Dude Law's in it. And um, mm. what's his name? Um, Hunnam, Charlie Hunnam, I think. Well, he's the lead, right? Yeah. yeah. I just don't remember then, this movie then, at all. And then Jude Law is Lancelot, and if I'm remembering it did, it, correctly. It made less than its budget. It bombed at the box yes. office. It I don't really think it was marketed well. well, because I don't remember it. They had a Denny's promotion for a few weeks, so you figured it was going to do well. But, you, know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you always fall uh, back on that. <laughs> you got you got to, because it's ridiculous. But uh, yeah, uh, They had uh, the Eggs Caliber omelet. Hey, <laughs> there, there it is. is. That's actually not. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> no, you're right though, James. I mean, it's possible that this winds up still being really good, and this guy becomes a great, you know, writer. We want this, it to. We want it yeah. to be good. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I don't think we're being we're being realistic here. That this is a, an absurd choice for th- this very important project. Yeah, for a few reasons. Like, and I, I think, like I said before, the biggest one is just like. When we look back at this, we're gonna be like, "You didn't, you didn't see that as a problem, like from day one. Mm-hmm. Like literally, as soon as it was announced, right. everybody was like, right. <laughs> you know, there's like right. no right. faith in it at all." Yeah. Um, but speaking of, uh, you know, faith in Star Wars properties, let's talk about the Mandalorian right now because, uh, contrary to what everything that we were just saying, Mandalorian is looking really promising, and we got. Two stories here. Um, we can kind of combine them, but we can move from one to the other. Um, so last week we talked about Michael Bean um, from Terminator fame, I should say, uh, from the rock fame, as John would like it to be, um, has been brought on. Stand cast. down, Captain! Yes. <laughs> and now we know, uh, or potentially know, it's kind of a leak, uh, a little bit more about this character. Um, I'm going to let uh, Lacey take this one. Did you, did you see? Are you some sure of- about that? You sure you don't want to start with John? <laughs> I'm just joking. Go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to start with you, Lacey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, no, yeah, t- take it away here because, I mean, we know a little bit about this character and we know, um, well, I think we've seen like the, the rough sketch or the outline of what this character might look like, right? Yeah, the sketch came from making Star Wars and he, so a lot of people have been curious like what his who his character is. It, you know, is he playing Boba Fett? Who is he playing? Could it be a dash? Everyone's like, oh my gosh, it could be that mm-hmm. character. It's not. Um, he looks like one of the guys from Solo or like mm-hmm. one of the guys we see 
in the Art of Force Awakens book that like fought Kylo Ren and stuff. Like he has this like kind of bucket helmet and he has a gun and stuff. Um, I mean, he looks he- cool. Again, I- I'm going to be more interested when I get to see a picture of him than a sketch that someone thinks that that's what it looks like. Um, there is some leverage to this seeing as that's where this announcement came from. Um, so I understand yeah. that that's why they have this sketch. Um, but I mean, it, I just get so excited every time they make a new announcement or some type of rumor comes out for the Mandalorian, because this is one thing that everybody agrees on is awesome. And I think that the world needs this right now is like, everybody's rallying behind one thing. So this is that, that one thing. And I don't care who the actor is. It could be Michael Bean. It could be anybody. Um, and I'm going to be pumped because Mandalorian is great. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally cool with a, a new bounty hunter, a new character that gets like a large amount of focus. I don't mm-hmm. really want another um, uh, <laughs> Finnick Shand that's there uh, really yeah. quickly. They build up the character story. Um, even even in that episode, like you barely get that character. If the <clears> character <throat> shows up for one episode and that's it. I'll be okay because that's a little bit more like the Bill Burr character and a couple other sure. ones. They're there. They're very in in the thing. But like, I would hate it just for this or the next person we're going to talk about here um, to show up just for like the smallest little thing. And it's like, man, we we had a, an episode where we talked about this person on Resistance Report and we've been speculating on this character and they show up for like 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I, I actually, I realized who this person reminds me of, and I can't find a picture of them, but it is the, it's the other member of the crew in solo that they cut out of the movie. The guy with the Gatling gun. Oh, I don't remember. That they cut out of the movie. Yes. So there was, there was Val and, uh, Rio and, um, and then there was like another character that was supposed to be in their core group. And he was supposed to die on um, like in the, in Vandor? the, in the fight. Yeah. On uh, what, yeah. what was it? What's the planet? Vandor. The mud planet. No, 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 no. The mud planet. Um, oh, Mimbin. Mimbin. Yeah. I think he was supposed to die on Mimbin um, or something, something along those lines, but they were just like, yeah, he doesn't really have a place. So they just cut him out and he's, he's in one of the scenes. But he just looks like a random guy who was in the background. Oh. They didn't. They don't really mention. Um, mm. It it kind of looks like so like Han when he first there and he's like, "Who's in charge? You are captain." That scene, he's like sitting mm-hmm. there right with him. But people just think he's like another trooper that's hanging out. <laughs> right. Oh. Right. Yeah. And was he looks Matt like Smith this. By any chance? What was that? Was it Matt Smith by any chance? <laughs> yes. It oh, jeez. Speaking of things I forgot about <laughs> earlier, the other thing he's rewriting or rebooting is Twilight Zone. Twilight I thought Zone. Jordan I know Jordan Peele was doing Twilight. I know, but it's, oh, maybe he maybe he's writing an episode or something. Yeah, it says well, it says untitled Twilight Zone project. Yeah. Maybe. Wrong. Wait, hold on. Hold maybe. up. Here's here's the connection supposedly they went to Jordan Peele to do a Lando thing or something at some point. Maybe he said, you know, I don't want to do it, but I have a guy that might be a good fit. Let's hope. And eh? it, it has eh? Jordan Peele's approval. <laughs> Jordan Peele, just, just add us and let us know. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this design is 
very like general veers on Hoth with the helmet. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Um, in like the ATATs, um, he has what looks like a blaster holster on his chest, and he's got that giant um like auto gun whatever mm-hmm. and um it looks like he's got almost like a i forget what you call it but it looks very like samurai-esque it, it's almost like they're, they're trying to do that whole kurosawa influence thing again um right. and like hammer that stuff home but i don't know like what this image is based on because it because i don't want to read too much into it but the background to me is clearly tatooine ta- and I don't know if that's just some kind of template that they slapped them over, but you have moisture evaporators and what looks like two suns in the background. So, you know, is this the person who stumbled upon Fennec Shand? Is this someone completely different? Um, not sure. Uh, like you say, is it a one-off episode where he's going to be almost like, um, uh, you know, Horatio Sands or somebody who popped in, they were involved yeah. and it wasn't very consequential? Or is it somebody who's going to be a big deal? They say he's a part of... Allegedly, a bounty hunter, a part of uh, Mando's past. That sounds very Bill Burr to me. Uh, someone right. who was a bounty hunter also who he knew. Um, so, not really sure. But usually, Bean does play that type of like gruff and, and tough guy. So, maybe he's an aggressor. And maybe Mando you know, screwed him over back in the day. And he's coming back because he heard about his name going around or something. Not really sure. I mean, the look is kind of cool, though. And kind of like what you guys were saying, you know, Mando has not really missed yet. So it's hard for me to be skeptical of anything like this. And of course, it helps that I like Michael Bean and it's it is nostalgic a bit to me. But so is Carl Weathers, uh, like I said last week. So and that worked out. So found him. Um, oh, you got him. Corso. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that does look kind of like that. And you know what's funny, though, James, it. It's kind of like that article that came out last week about Neil Scanlon saying they, they reused stuff that they created or designed that didn't make it into certain projects. And Maybe they did reuse um, the costume. Yeah, this could have been something that they... I mean, he's Favreau in the movie, said, though. Let me... Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe this guy's an ex-trooper from Mimbin. Like, he's ex-imperial. Who knows? That but... does look like the character. That's what I was saying. When I first saw him, I was like, something's familiar with this guy. I feel like I've seen him before in Star Wars, but I couldn't place him. And then just Mm -hmm. as I was reading the story, I was like, wait a minute. I know. I know this character. I've seen him before. (laughs) So for our audio listeners, James has just thrown up an image on his phone of uh, that lost character from Solo who does look familiar. Yeah. So this is the actual um, concept art of the character little blurry but it does look very samurai-ish like the kylo ren figure and the stormtrooper figures that they do for bandai look just like that doesn't it it reminds me a lot of shredder from ninja turtles like the pants with the shoes the dome yeah the dome helmet the skirt-ish type of uh dressing and and that sort of thing so yeah i don't know i I think it's cool not much else to go about it but interesting I'm going to tweet it out here in a second while we're <laughs> talking about the next story. <laughs> Just as a timestamp for people when they know when we record. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, but speaking of The Mandalorian, let's talk about Jamie Lee Curtis potentially being part of the story. So um, not that this is their story, but I was listening to another podcast and they mostly talk about movies and stuff. And they, they heard this this news and they were just like, yes. Like this show just continues to deliver with – actor after actor after actor that people know it's almost like for a while star wars was trying to take this um and we'll talk about this on uh on thursday but they were trying to take this take of like hiring unknown actors 
um, right. and occasionally sprinkling in someone that you know. But the Mandalorian was just like, we don't care. Like, if you're famous, <laughs> if you're a comedian, or or you you know have any sort of like notoriety, uh, send us an email. We we want you on the show, right? Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, rumored to be cast in the Mandalorian season two. John, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. It, it makes me instantly think, um, a, a, you know, a lot of things. One being that she worked with Ryan Johnson on Knives Out, and maybe she asked him, you know, what's it like working in Star Wars? And you, wow, you had to deal with a lot of crap. And he's like, no, nah, it's great, it's worth it. Like they were trying to call me to get in me, get me in there. So maybe he pushed her into it. I don't know, but. You know, it's funny when you hear Jamie Lee Curtis and she's coming out with a project in October, you you immediately think of Halloween, right? She was the original Scream Queen, uh, made her debut at 20 years old. She's the daughter of Janet Lee, who was in Psycho. Like, she's she's legendary in her own right, uh, yeah. where she got her start in horror, and then she did a lot of great movies like Fish Called Wanda, True Lies, all down the line. And now here she is, you know, 60-something years old, and she's going to start popping into Star Wars. It's just pretty cool. Um, I've always been a fan of hers. She's a, again, that pattern we've been talking about. She's a very down to earth actress. If you ever see her in interviews and hear about her charitable endeavors and, mm-hmm. uh, her approach to things and how she looks at things, she's a very like centered and down to earth person. And that's the culture I've been kind of connecting dots with all these people involved with the Mandalorian from Gina Carano, who's more of a newcomer all the way down the line to a Carl Weathers, who's like a veteran and that sort of thing. Um, so I, I like it that, that she's being cast. I, and, you know, we have no idea what type of role. She could be like an Amy Sedaris where she just pops in and she hangs out for a bit and then that's it. Or she could be a new villainess uh, uh, that's paired in with Moff Gideon. Like, who knows? It, it, but my guess is with her schedule and that type of thing, she hurt, got wind of it that they were interested or she was a little bit interested. Again, maybe she talked to Ryan Johnson and she's like, and he's like, you know what? They're just bringing people in to do this show. Like, if you she want to did. pop in and be in the show, you can do it. Maybe she's she just did doing multiple a one-off seasons cameo, so. of Scream Queens with Billy Lord. Yeah, so there's that. There's that too. So, uh, again, one of those things, kind of like Michael Bean. Uh, it's nostalgic to me because I've always kind of been a fan of Jamie Lee Curtis's. Uh, so I'll be more than happy to see her pop up on screen in uh, Mandalorian season two if this winds up being true. Lacey, why is this a terrible idea? Uh, I think it's an amazing idea because I think this is... I'm more excited about this than both Michael Bean and Rosario Dawson. I think she's great. I loved her in Scream Queens. She was so funny. And she was really funny in Knives Out, too. Like, she has this very dark, like, dry humor that I think she would be great in The Mandalorian with. Um, And that's why, like John said, I would love to see her as a villain. She'd be perfect um i also really love freaky friday with Lindsay lohan she's also very she good, good. In that. she she was good in that yeah uh she's just so great and like john said like she's so down to earth she's so fun um and i could totally see this being like hey i want to be in star wars and then she just emails john favreau and is like hey i want to be in star wars like yeah i would do that if i had the power to do it so mm. good for her if that's what happened um or if they probably reached out to her because more likely that scenario um but yeah no this is so exciting i j- again just every time i hear an announcement about this season i'm just more and more pumped that we're getting new star wars content but it just sucks that we're getting it in october and not now <laughs> yeah and yeah. also if mm-hmm. we get it in october 
yeah, I'm still, it's, lo- it's far enough away that doesn't I'm it, staying positive. Doesn't it feel a little bit like, and, and again, I feel like every week a new Mandalorian news comes out, we kind of say the same things, but in it with a different, mm-hmm. different Mad Libs added into the blanks, <laughs> but it almost feels like someone is a fan of that, an actor, and they're like, do you want to come be in the Mandalorian? Like, what if like John Favreau is a huge like Halloween fan? Or what if like Dave Filoni loves like True Lies or something? I They're feel like, like that's how Favreau if- works though, because he's openly yeah. said that before. Like, oh, I've always loved so and so, so he decided to just you know figure something out. Yeah, like he yeah. just seems like, like that type of guy. We shoot in uh, outside of L.A. Yeah. Uh, it's an enclosed set. You come down for four hours. You knock out your part. You're in Star Wars. What do you think? I'm I like, think all right. Yeah, I'll be I- there in a half hour. Absolutely. And I think we got that idea from Bill Burr because Bill Burr was like, oh, I was out with someone and John Favreau was there and he came up to me and said, hey, man, you want to be in Star Wars? And I was like, people would yeah. hate that. And he was like, no, it'd be great. He's like, so yeah. I'm in Star yeah. Wars. Like, that's yeah. where that kind of conversation started. And I think that's how he's approached a lot of people with this project. And that's why it has this like family, like homegrown feel of like, oh, you want to be in it? Cool. Let's be a part of this. Oh, you want to make models for the show? Okay, cool. Come on down. Yeah. That that idea was absolutely there when we started hearing about Bo Burr. But I think where it really exploded was when we put on the first episode and we're like, that's Horatio Sand. That's Brian Poussain. You know what I mean? Like we're just like pointing out people left and right that we had no clue we're going to be in the show never tied in i mean even later we're like um we're like that's that's jason sudeikis is the the, the yeah. speed yeah, right. uh a scout trooper or whatever and it's just like it's it's so ridiculous as the show just went on we were getting hit left and right so it's it's kind of crazy because it's almost like some of the people that we uh that are going to be in season two, we don't even know about, and we won't know about it till their episode comes out. And that's just right. nuts. Big question. Um, are we going to get Vince Vaughn this season? <laughs> because you know, I'm going to be honest for weeks leading up to this, John kept being like, where do you think Vince Vaughn's going to pop up? Where do you think Vince Vaughn? And I kept thinking in my head, okay, where is he going to show up? And he didn't. So do you think I it's s- going to be this season? I still think Vince Vaughn's going to be, Either like a car dealer or a bartender. Somewhere. <laughs> a bartender to me seems right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got he's got to be. I mean, he, he's got to be in it. Right? <laughs> One would think. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, Mando, why don't we hop get get hopped up and make some bad decisions? Mando's like, bang. <laughs> Just, <laughs> he says that line in every movie. I don't know why he does, but he does. You want a drink? How about I get you a drink? You want water? You want milk? You want? What, yeah. do, you want? what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> How about how about just the Sith, just for a second, just to see how yeah. it feels? Okay. Oh, I was wondering how you were going to fit that in there. <laughs> um, well, uh, that, that's it for uh, Resistance Report. We got a we got a, a rundown led by a scoundrel mm. to do. So I'm gonna send it off to uh, John. Oh. <sighs> Me? Wow, we're going old school <laughs> here, huh? Another yeah, Vince just movie. you know. I just wanted to yeah. li- relive the old days. <laughs> All right, let me see if I got Chewy here. Found him. <laughs> All right, on the count of three, guys. Ready? One, two, three. Punch it! Punch it! 
All right, guys, if you're watching or listening to this episode, you're probably a fan of what we do here on TRB. So if you'd like to access more exclusive content from us, you can join us right now at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, later on this month, we plan on rolling out some new bonus content on that page. In addition to the already eight exclusive mini episodes, a monthly Q&A, polls, and other benefits that come with being a resistance officer, there's five different tiers. Go check it out. Resistance. Uh, broadcast so patreon.com slash resistance broadcast if you are thinking about joining now is definitely the time we appreciate the support if you like trb swag like our fun t-shirt designs for the audio people i'm just me and lacy are showing off the, the shirts um i'm wearing i am all the jedi lacy's wearing our logo um stay tuned because we have some very exciting news coming maybe later this month we're not sure but it's coming and they include some new designs, some revised designs, and other significant changes. So keep your eyes and ears out, but we'll make sure you know about it. Let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> Last but not least, as always, tune into the Clone Wars fan show this Friday as James Bainey over here will rate, review, and discuss the eighth episode of the final season of the Clone Wars. So we are well into the second half of the last season and uh, that's been going well, James. You've been doing a great job, so make sure you guys are not only uh, watching The Clone Wars, but hanging out with James after, which always uh, posts shortly after the episodes on Fridays. And that is it for The Scoundrels Rundown. So we're going to send it to Lacey now. I forgot <laughs> how to do the rundown exit. So <laughs> Chewie, my friend, get us out of here. All right, guys, a little different this week. It's time for resistance transmissions. On a Monday. Yep, on a Monday. So That's crazy and wacky. Oh my gosh. So how this works <laughs> is every week, John puts up a crazy, wacky situation, and you guys give your answers. And I've never read the situation, the scenario. I don't know what it is, um, and I don't know what your answers are. So we'll see how this goes. Um, okay, so the scenario, which I can already see has some interesting names that I'm going to slaughter, uh, is fig... <laughs> you got, you got one consonant in. <laughs> is it figrin? Yeah. Don and modal nodes stop playing after Obi-Wan fights... <laughs> Av- <laughs> How do you say this? Evazan. Evazan. Panda Boda. Boba. Baba. Baba. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, but resume playing the same song shortly after. What does Don say to the band to cue them to resume playing? That was right, a rough one. You have to read it again. Can you read it? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. James. So they're they're playing the right and then Obi-Wan fights Ponda Baba cuts off his arm and all that other stuff and then uh Figurin Dan needs to cue up the song again. He's like, "All right, let's take it from the top. Start over or whatever." What 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 is he saying? What's conveying the idea to the rest of the band that they need to start over? Cuz in A New Hope, they, they stop, the music stops, and then like five yeah. seconds later, they just take, resume as though nothing happened. 
James, you didn't read what the the scenario is, but I loved your paraphrasing. And is it Figurin Dan or Figurin Dion? I thought it was Figurin Don. I don't know. People in the comments will correct us, though. It's okay. They correct me every week. I get every name (laughs) wrong. It's all right. I've accepted it. I think they're all right because no one's ever said it aloud. Hmm. Right? All right. Well, let's find out what he says to the band. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought in my head, if a Don falls in the woods, does anyone know what it's called? (laughs) Anyway. Okay. First up is David Ladau at DM Lash 123. And he said, it's just Panda Baba. F him. Keep playing. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't say F. He said the real deal. But. Oh, I said F because that's what's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I changed it for the sake of the. That's nice. That's good for you. Okay. Next is Alex. She would have run burgundy it. I totally would (laughs) have. Okay. Next is Alex Brandt at Alex M. Brandt. Did you get his handle? Sure. <laughs> oh, I like this. You know what? You said Stephen A. Bowman got his. So Alex yeah. M. Brandt definitely got his. Good job, Alex. I keep looking up. My camera's down here now. Alex said, start back at the chorus on my pew. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Does Lacey get it? Pew, pew. Yeah, yeah, I get no, it. Okay, yeah. yeah. You, you kind of like had it. a, yeah, mm. I'm unsure, but I'll laugh along. Yeah. No. Mm. Got you. Next is Dan something. Duditch. <laughs> Duditch is how you say it. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> At HK47N Revan. And he said, see, I was right. Drinks here do cost an arm and a leg. <laughs> well, at least an arm. All he was trying to do was get a rise out of Skywalker. Oh, God. And on that note, we'll get back at it. We don't want to get in trouble with war. Is that how you say it? War? Yeah. And we're only getting paid scale. Dan, I, you really went for it (laughs) with this one. And the cats um, really helped. Is his last name puns. Dudica? <laughs> no, it's Dudich. Dudich. I know, Dudich. but it could be Dude. Or it could be Dudich. Dudich. Next I'm is Micah the... Harrison. <laughs> like Micah. At Micah X Machina. And Micah said, I almost never do this. But since it was his last request. And then starts playing Freebird. Listen, a lot of bands get the shout out from the drunk people in the crowd to play Freebird. I'm that person and I'm not drunk. I just say it because I'm James, did you ever get a Freebird shout out? Not off the top of my head, but it's it's such an ongoing joke. You're probably like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's. (laughs) Next is Mello at a Grey Jedi. And Mello said, done. I wonder if those guys cleared their browser history from the top. <laughs> there it is. Uh, D- Genghis Dingus, the legend of Genghis Dingus. Isn't it Genghis Dingus? Genghis Dingus. You said Genghis. It is Genghis. Gen- Since we when? miss you, I feel Genghis. Like it's been Genghis. Genghis, like where Genghis are Khan. you? Genghis, where you been? He's in the. 
You know where he is? He's in the Hall of Fame. That's where Genghis is. You don't have to be yeah. so aggressive about it. It's just be excited. Don't have to be aggressive. <laughs> Next is Lang Lassiter at the Lang Lassiter. <laughs> what, what do you do? Uh, he said, quick reminder, remember to tip your servers. Hit it, guys. Yeah. Those poor like guys. So he thinks he didn't up. tip. Yeah. He thinks he lost his arm because he didn't tip. Can you imagine? Yeah. I thought I it was because he has to thing. clean up the bar. Lang Lassiter, the Lang Glassiter is what she said. <laughs> is that not it's it? Like, no, it's his the Lang Lassiter. Lang Lassiter. She said, we have Lang Lassiter at the Lang Glassiter. And I said, what do you do? Because I was like, guys, I just recently watched, yeah. uh, what is that show on Netflix where they blow glass? <laughs> Blown away? Blown away. That's what it is. Racy's so this what? next tweet comes from Lacey Gillerin at Lacey Gillerin. Yeah. Or I think yes. it's like, uh, this next one's from Bob Therapist at Bob the Racist. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or not I'm racist, sorry, right? Lang, that at the not Lang Lassiter. All right. Next is Ryan Davis 19 at Ryan Q Davis. And he said, wow, that was disarming. Ah. From the top, boys. <laughs> Guys, I hate these jokes so much this week. They're very punny. Yeah. Uh, next is Trent at Old Republic Jedi. And he said, that's not what I meant when I said I hoped the patrons here would give us a hand for our performance. <laughs> hey <laughs> This week is so good. <laughs> this is like John's dream right now. Yeah. Mm. Uh, next is Matt Skywalker at MIB1188. And he said, and that's why I quit death, quit selling death sticks. Let's pick up where we left off. And a one and a two. Because <laughs> people, they, you know, they don't like being sold death sticks. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. it was because it's Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan was the person that did the death stick thing and previously. right right and last but not least is rick villanueva at cad bane's bounty and rick said welp no arm no foul <laughs> mad about me on three and a one and a two and a three <laughs> nice guys <laughs> no arm no foul no arm no foul this was a little too much for me that's good <laughs> That was good. Uh, if you want to be on the show, follow us on Twitter at RBATSWNN. And then John puts up some type of thing. I feel like he's just going to start asking for dad jokes. Really make uh, me suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could slaughter your handle or your name. It's a good time. Back to you, John. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching and being a part of the resistance. We appreciate it. Make sure you are subscribed to us. Uh, You can do that on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube if you're watching. Uh, Hopefully, you're noticing a better quality on video. We're hoping. uh, If you've noticed that, uh, we appreciate that. Um, Leave a comment below uh, with anything that you have in regards to thoughts on this episode. Anything? Anything. Uh, Oh, my 
anything. We want to make sure you guys are also going to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. All the articles that we talked about today were found via there. I wrote one of them, actually. Um, make sure you guys go to Patreon.com slash Resistance Broadcast, as we talked about earlier in the show. Um, it's your way, it's a way for you to support us additionally and also get additional content. We have five tiers starting at $2 a month, uh, all the way up to the general tier. And as you may see on Thursdays, we have our generals appearing on the show on the Patreon Padres, but patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you're home, home more than often lately, and you want some more TRB content, that's how to do it there. And we appreciate all the support and a special thank you to our generals. That is Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Tampa movie guy, Michael Gaines, and Val Trichkoff. Generals, thank you for all of your support. Uh, I promised this uh, shout out here to Richard, who is a professor in New York. Uh, he's a member of the LGBTQ community who wrote a representation-based Star Wars fan fiction, which you can find at uh, starwarsvoices.art.blog. So if you want to check that out, um, there's a link to it. Uh, and Go uh, check that out. Uh, so Richard, uh, good luck with that. Um, and uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing at starwarsnewsnet.com. James? Um, you can find me at Myra Trunks, officially probably never at James Bainey now. <laughs> Why? Why? What was the realization, James? They must So know. the realization that I always knew was that he was the guy who owns it is probably never going to give it up. But, yeah, you guys are ready for this, right? I am verified because of the band, and I found out that if I were to change my Twitter handle, it would lose my verification, which at this point now I would probably never get back. I mean, high hopes one day we all need to be verified as the official uh, makers of Make Solo 2 happen in the Resistance broadcast, right? But yeah. um, but as of now, I would lose my verification, which I'm like, well, then what's the point? At, the, at this point, I've done well with Myra Trunks, and it's probably going to stick there for a while then. Right on. All right. Lacey, uh, all, like me, not verified, um, but um, really good tweeter. So where can people find you uh, on, on on the internet? Yeah, people can find me not verified, but being awesome at Lacey Gillerin on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Guys, thank you again so much. Uh, please spread the word of the show. Um, we've noticed people showing up to us and we ask them once in a while, you know, how do you hear about us? And they said, well, my friend told me about the show or I heard it from someone uh, at my work and they watch it or listen to it, a relative. So believe it or not, you telling one person about the show can really help us out. So if you have a friend who likes Star Wars, uh, they're stuck at home right now. We're all kind of hunkered down and they're looking for more stuff to get into because they watched everything on Netflix and The Office 5,000 times. Let them know about the Resistance broadcast, and we appreciate that. But until then, you guys will see us on Thursday, where we're going to have uh, Clayton Sandell from ABC News back on the show with us. So we hope you have a great rest of your week, and we will see you Thursday morning with another episode right here on the Resistance broadcast. See you around, kids.